Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Hey, the gang's all here! Look at that! The gang is all here! I haven't seen you guys in person in forever. The band's back together. The band's back. We we have not been together for about two weeks, I think. Yeah, so Adam, Adam, G. Bush, yeah. and myself, and right. Jason's back in studio. Yeah. It feels natural again, doesn't it? It, it feels does. normal. Band it is feels back great. We are, listen, We're excited is... about fake football. Yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, hey, Wait excited. a minute. Are you excited about fake football? Definitely. No! Definitely. No, people go nuts. It's fake. It's preseason. Can we get this? Is the team that deserves our attention? I get it. We got all the nudniks and the nerds on Twitter uh, saying, uh, "Mike, the uh, top five trending topics on Twitter today are Baker Mayfield going to uh, who gives a rat's ass that Baker Mayfield played a preseason game for Carolina? The Guardians are in first place by two and a half games, and you people should be showing up to the game. What's the matter with you? You're seeing red. Oh God, Bulls hot. G's, G's texting me. Well, Pete, you know people care about football Stop. more. I know Bull, it. Bull, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm with you, you but here's what I've decided. Yeah. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make you them can drown their head we in can it. Put, we can hold their head in the trough. <laughs> right. Here's the sad reality. Yeah. And, folks, I hope I don't piss anybody off. Yeah. Cleveland's not a baseball town. No. It's definitely Period. Not. End of discussion. I know that. We it's used to frustrating. be, but we're no longer a baseball town. Yeah. And and to your point this morning, as yeah. I'm reading it, it's, you're, you're telling us all stuff that I know. Yeah. And I know the trending, I know what the trending topics are. Yeah. I know that this market cares about football. 365. Even th- this is proof. Yeah. They care more about fake football than they do about playoff That's chase right. baseball. Yes. So Baker Cleveland is officially pre- Baker's preseason game trending more than the Guardians. Unreal. Who had a big weekend series They're against two and, the and a half days. games in front of the Twins exactly. and Red Sox. Jason, for the Indians, or excuse me, Indians, Guardians, we, we're supposed to have a kiddie pool. For the Guardians to be relevant, you almost have to be in the ALCS. That's when people will start tuning in, looking around. I think they'll okay. care when the fir- even if it's a wild card game, they'll get the fever for a day. They'll yeah. sell it out yeah. an hour before the game. Yeah. Sure. Sell the last couple yeah. of tickets. Yeah. But this right. notion that, and I always used to argue when I was working at ESPN, I used to tell everybody, they say Cleveland's not a baseball town. I'm like, you're fooling. You know what? Yeah. Cleveland is a baseball town. Cleveland used to be a baseball town. Yeah. After living here for three years now and being able to feel the pulse every day, yeah. we're not. not. No, and it, it's that sad. breaks my heart yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Because you love baseball. I love baseball. Head. Jason yeah. loves we baseball. We love the game, yeah. Yeah. but the city is not into this. No. For no. some reason. I think and this is a fun it. team. You they're overachieving. It. They're, I mean, it's amazing. But I we got to turn, the, we gotta turn the page, though, immediately, or we're going to lose viewers. Yeah. That's what the metrics Stand tell us. Stand Come on, people. Straighten so yourselves out. We Wait, can't, can I ask one question about sure. the Guardians-Indians dilemma? If they had more big-name players, like when they had no. guys like Hafner, did that make any difference? Is it the no. lack of star power? I think that's an excuse people use. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's yeah. an excuse. It, to, to me, you got to develop it. This is a grassroots effort. If you want people— They have. You, but you got to start young. You got to get people to be like, hey, we need to get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds in here. We need to—if the Guardians would sponsor a whole league, 
They're like, listen, we're going to sponsor a whole league. But they've of done children. that. They go into the inner city. They're doing and they, it right now. And they do yeah. these leagues. And they're having success with that. And too, maybe that'll way. make a difference down the line. We'll it, it'll, it'll come, but you it has to be grassroots. G. Bush, I interviewed this, this, the Cleveland Junior teams, yeah. the Guardian sponsor. I went over there and did a story a couple of weeks ago before they were going to the regionals. They made it to the nationals in Atlanta. I interviewed their star player. Hell of a player. Yeah. Latin kid, great arm. He was playing catcher when I was there, and I was just looking at him as a catcher. And I told their coach, I go, there's your standout, isn't it? He said, yeah, but he's, he's a better pitcher and shortstop. Mm. I mean, he's just that kid. You can plug him in anywhere. Right. He, I'm talk, telling snap throws from his knees to both third and first, out of his hand in no time and right on the back. So I'm interviewing him after the practice. And I said, you, you big fan? No. I love to play it. <laughs> yeah. And I go, do you watch it? He's like, no. Yeah. I go, could you name stars right now? Jose Ramirez. Yeah. I go, have you, do you go to games? Do you watch games? No. Yeah. And and that's the generation that we're in. We yeah. talked about this earlier. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but the whole YouTube and the whole, they don't have to watch a game. No, they just they pull don't. up the clips on right. YouTube and watch the right. highlights. And even if they don't want to go to YouTube, I know how I consume games now on days that I have. I'm always watching. If I'm home in yeah. the evening, it's always on in my house. Always. Me, me too. But on the weekends when I'm out and I'm never home, I get updates on my phone at every score change. Right. So I, that's often how I'm following the games on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. And I have a real fear for the sport moving forward. The fans are dying. Oh, yeah. The older ones, They're older. The older ones are, are the only yeah. ones that consider themselves diehards. We talked five minutes yeah. about them. we got to change we'll the We'll get topic. to it later. But last thing as I hate do with the Guardians. Have you guys seen this? Any, you guys watched any of the Little League World Series at all? Yes. I saw. There's one kid. Uh, I can't remember what team. I think it's Wyoming. Some flyover state in, right. out west. Uh, the kid was wearing, instead of wearing batting gloves, he was wearing like the gloves you'd wear working on a farm. Wow. <laughs> he had a big kid. He had a, he had a jack wearing those. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you use what you have, I guess. Oh, man. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about fake football. Yes. Shall we? we have to football. talk about the problem. I, I know that it's a preseason game, and I know he's got a lot going on in his life, but I just I want your immediate reaction to what you saw from Watson. Were you concerned? Do you just do you dismiss all of it? Bull, you can start. I, I mean, he played crappy, and they played crappy when he was out there, but it's yeah. five throws. I can't get carried away. My, you know, somebody said, oh, if it was Baker, you would have ripped him. <clears throat> Listen, I've ripped Baker for a million things, but I wouldn't rip him for throwing five passes and four incomplete in the preseason. Right. My... Theory on the preseason has always been, and I can't understand why people make more of it than it is. The preseason is part of the process of getting ready. It's important to the team, there's things they learn about routine and stuff like that. It's important to young players battling for roster spots. But for a guy who's going to be the starting quarterback eventually for this team, I am not getting worked up about five passes. Would I have loved to see him throw a 40-yard touchdown? Sure, we could have all gotten excited about right. that. But even if that happened, that doesn't really mean anything either. Yeah. That's my reaction Jay? to it. I think I said when I was in on Thursday, he's going to go two of six for 16 yards. <laughs> I wasn't far off. No. Remember that? You I, I was pretty close. You really close. Close. That was pretty spot on. <laughs> if, if Schwartz could have caught one of yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. He would have been, been. been two of five yeah. for 16 yeah. yards. Yeah. Right. So, I, I'm not surprised. Listen, he's missed a ton of time. Yeah. Right? We knew he, it's a 19-month layoff. This is probably the only time you're going to see him for another 12 months. I think that's why they try to crowbar him out there and get him these amount of snaps before a decision comes down. You can't read anything into it. It's a first preseason right. game. It is what it is. They look terrible. He looked rusty. 
okay, so you punt and you move on. I wouldn't make yeah. too big of a deal about G. Bush. it. Yeah, listen, they, they did what they needed to do to get him together on his mental aspect. To me, this was seeing for the first time for a player that has been traditionally liked around the league, a player that is was beloved in, in Houston. Now, a couple of years, almost two years later, guess what? Get used to those boos. Oh, yeah. Get, get used to people being in your, in your ear. Get used to people bearing down on you. And you got to get used to, for a certain period of time, being a bad guy. And yeah. the whole team needed to understand that and to hear it. Not for not, a period of time. I think for, for a for, long time. Yeah, he's going to hear yeah. those. When he goes to opposing stadiums, he's going to yes. see signs and he's going to hear the chance. Yes. For the rest of his, for, career. For the rest yeah. of his career. Now, if Berger got it, if, sure. if, if he can win some championships, it'll die down a little bit. But what they wanted to do, and I thought they did a good job of it, they wanted to shock their body. They wanted to shock them into understanding this is your new reality. It's no right. more lovable losers. The Browns are going to be public enemy number one in every single stadium. Yeah, that's definitely 1,000% correct. Um, here's my takeaway. I thought it was interesting that on his very first pass was a rollout to the left that looked Baker-esque. Baker. Mm. And I, I thought, okay, that's not by accident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're going to show right away that our guy can do that too. Mm. Not surprised that he sailed at 10 yards over Schwartz's head. Anybody that's played pro sports, professional, competitive sports at any level, he had the adrenaline of 20 months coursing through his veins. It was easy to predict that his first pass was going to be overthrown. No matter how much you try to think about that, he's made a million passes in practice. I get it. I think physically, he looked rattled to me. He looked nervous. I can understand that. Everything he's been through, and now he's finally getting back to what he, what he loves to do most. I expected him to look nervous. He got his feet tangled up coming under center on one of the plays. That's not who we're getting. That's not who this guy is. Right. I watched it. I consumed it. I immediately forgot about all of it. It means nothing to me, just as Dobbs' performance meant very nothing. little to me, nothing. too. I don't care what he did. No. I don't care what Rosen did. I don't want to see them taking a It snap. was good that he was serviceable. Yeah, Dobbs fine. is a serviceable guy. Yeah. But everybody that was getting all excited about his numbers and, hey, 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 what do we have? What no. we have here is what we thought we had here. Mm-hmm. He was doing it against guys that will be selling insurance in a couple right. of weeks. He's so, I'm not going to get too excited about against that. Against third stringers on the team that was the worst team in football. Last yeah, year. and a lot so, of those guys aren't going to be around exactly. in a couple of weeks. So, I'm, I'm happy for him. I think we talked about this on Friday's show. You would much rather your guy do well sure. in preseason games. Yeah. But you just can't take too much out of no. any of it. We can get more into this later, but you made a point last week when I was on about I wouldn't play him the injury risk what are you right. trying to it wasn't that he got hurt it was disastrous though yeah losing Nick Harris well, let's talk to, let's talk about Nick Harris that was to me that's disastrous that you lose your starting center the only reason he's out there is because of Deshaun that's it yeah they playing the first string starters they don't do that in the first preseason well game. we saw that last year with Stefanski didn't use any that's exactly the only reason the he's out there is because of Deshaun because you're trying to protect right. Deshaun and then to lose your center on the second snap, yeah. turned the whole thing into a disaster. Because yeah. the whole you had to re- pit in your gut the whole rest of the night. Yeah, and you knew. You just you knew. Know, the He's player done. reaction always tells you. When they're going to their head, yeah. they know what it is. Right. They've been injured before. They've had tweaks. You know when you tear your ACL. Am I, am I right, G. Bush? Yes, you do. You know the second it happens yep. because 
you, you almost go into shock. Well, when I saw the him, pain is so bad, you almost go into shock. He had a bull rush. He was trying to go for he, guy bull rush him. He's trying to reset his hunker down, reset his, put his head out of the block. And as soon as he went to that back leg, that post leg, it was just like, oh, that it gave out. I yeah. was like, oh yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I will say this though, days. I'm not gonna blame Stefanski. I'm not gonna blame the whole no. idea that you're playing Deshaun in the first place. Injuries happen. That's right. He needed it could have play. happened in practice. You oftentimes with the ACL, usually there is a traumatic play. There's one play. But I remember my surgeon telling me when I retore it, and I said, was this destined to happen? He said, oftentimes, believe it or not, th- your genetic makeup leaves you sometimes predisposed to that injury. Mm-hmm. Is it one of those things where it's 99% there and one more play is going to put it over? Yeah, I've seen that. Oftentimes it's not. In football, it's that one twerk. Twist. That, you know, the, your, your body weight gets mm-hmm. caught in the wrong place. Your foot gets stuck in the dirt. Yeah. And you twist. But there's no there, – it could have happened the first game of the regular season. It could have happened on yesterday's practice session. These things happen – Right. And you just can't start pointing fingers. Oh, I, he wouldn't have, this wouldn't have happened if. I agree. I know. think it's ridiculous to blame Stefanski. Watson needed some reps. The offensive line, starting offensive line needed to be out there, you know, and working with the center. So I, I, I don't have any problem with that. Have they called J.C. Treader yet? Well, these guys are saying, you know, I know G said he was at camp the other day and he heard that, yeah, you know, some rumblings. I, I, I mean, I, was, I don't understand. I mean, I, I, you know, Joel Batonio, do we have the clip or the uh, the graphic here of what Joel Batonio said yesterday? I know we were going to get to it later, but since we went down this road anyway, Batonio basically insinuated that nobody's signing Treader because he's the president of the NFL Players Association. I was surprised he went there. I, I was really but surprised. It, isn't it obvious? I'm really surprised he went there. <laughs> but isn't that obvious, Yeah, though? but they don't ever acknowledge the obvious. No, All right, fair. That's it's true. Like, it's like an owner saying, we might be colluding. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, and, and it's true because, and Batonio's never a guy that says anything controversial. No. So, I, yeah. But it, it's obvious. The guy was still one of the best centers in the league last year. At worst, he's a top 10 center. And it's ridiculous. This Ethan Pochich, or however the hell you say his name. Right. I know he started games for Seattle, but he's not very good. He's kind of a bust. He was a second-round yeah. pick in the of Yeah, the when a team gives up on a high draft pick second like that, round something pick? is yeah. wrong with him. Oh, J.C. Treader is much better than this guy. I, I, I don't understand. I, th- I think what J.C. Treader is, you know, J.C. wasn't able to practice as much as, as he would. Basically, he was on the, the list where it's like, hey, give us what you can as long as you can make it by walkthroughs yeah. and you'll be good. You could be on the field. But sometimes other players are like, look, man, he's not here. He, we put, we got to go through these grueling practices. We got to still do those and things. And that's a that unit that has to work together. And a unit has to work together. I don't together. buy that there was an offensive lineman that was unhappy that Treader was missing some practice. No. And I would take Treader with no practice over this guy. I every would day do. Don't underestimate the fact that J.C. Treader basically brought down the entire OTA program of the Cleveland Browns last year. Yeah. Don't underestimate that. that. There's something to be said for that for sure. That absolutely is. The role of union president, I had other linemen say, whatever J.C. tells us, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And they basically, he basically brought down the entire OTA program. And uh, that, I'm sure, is lingering with the franchise. I, th- I think you're right. That's being and, short-sighted and, and, and maybe and other stupid, teams though. The well. guy helps you win. I, look, at the end of the day, it's yeah. about wins. If yeah. you're going to bring in a guy with baggage and court yeah. cases hanging over his head, yeah. if you've got a guy that is very strong at a position that you are now extremely weak, yeah. if the fan base is going to start looking at them side-eyed yeah. if they don't bring him in. I do know that there was the game against the Raiders. Go back and watch the game against the Raiders last year where Treader got absolutely destroyed on back-to-back plays 
on run calls of Chubb where they just needed a first down and they could run the clock out and win the game. Yeah. And that left a sour taste That's in people's mouths. I mean, everybody's going to have a bad game. I agree. I, he was still, and, and by the way, I yeah. still think they should go get Jay. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. in agreement with you guys. Yeah. Right. I'm just trying to give you reasons as to yeah, why I he's hope whatever the differences are, it, look, we, we got we got issues. We got to put them aside. Yeah. You got to put the best product on the field because we've talked about this ad nauseum. The window is getting shorter. Yeah. It shrinks every day. McNuggets, what do you got? Who better to talk about offensive linemen than our next guest, John Greco, who Good we're going to get to in one second. But before we get to John Greco, we're going to tell you what the internet has to say about Deshaun Watson's first performance in a brown uniform. And when we do that, it's brought to you by PCC Airfoils. Looking for career advancement with great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, get full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. My PC Airfoils. Oh, I left that a C. Yeah, you're trying to do my Girona. Hey, you started <laughs> off You've had 19 man. months off. And we got John Greco. I'm rusty. We're going to run through these I'm rusty. Quick. We're going to run through these real right, quick. Yeah, go ahead. Let's Give take us. tag board. Yeah. Anthony, hey, this is John what we Greco. asked. John, John Greco's Greco on the tag on board. One sec, but first we're going to do the tag boards here. <laughs> we just asked the internet, using only a GIF, what was your reaction to one quarter of Deshaun Watson? We got some good answers. Let's go to the first one, Anthony. I think that's a shot at Anthony Schwartz, a little hot potato. Let's go to the next one. I don't know what this meant, but it was funny. I liked it. Not quite sure exactly... Uh, what it represents. Is that but a piece of cheese? Throw yeah. cheese on a cat and see what happens. Eyes. Okay. Can't go wrong with that. And let's Skittish. go to the last one, Anthony. A little positivity. Yeah. Not yeah. the best, but it's going to be all right. So now, without further ado, yeah. it'll yeah. be all right. It'll be let's all welcome John Greco. John Greco. Greco. Here, he is. Here he is. Looking for Thank a local roofer you can trust. Family owned since 2003. The Gridiron guys have grown to become Northeast Ohio's top rated roofers. They exemplify quality work practices and are a valued resource for homeowners. Call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate or roof inspection. Without further ado, grid, 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 gridiron, guys. We missed that. It we really did. did. Where did you shoot the one that we were playing when you were gone? That was in the at the Shed Aquarium in Chicago. Were people looking at you like, what like the hell we is this guy doing? We were <laughs> out of our mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. John Greco's going to tell us whether J.C. Treader was garbage last year or decent. Yeah, J.C. Treader was awesome. John knows that, right? John, they should bring Treader back, shouldn't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right before I hopped on, I heard you say uh, something about Joel Batonio's comments. I didn't hear those. Uh, I didn't hear him make those comments. And I, like you, I am shocked that he actually said that, but he is speaking the truth. Yeah. And I agree that, uh, you know, the the player, especially when he's still active and, and uh, ahead of the uh, players union, I think that does carry some serious baggage and, and teams are trying to avoid that. So I, I think that is one of the reasons why J.C. Treader is not on our roster right now. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, I mean, but he, he's he's still a frontline player. John, isn't this – I mean, you talk about collusion. We've had yeah. it a lot of different areas. Yeah. This is, to me, if I'm a player, and, and to your point, Betonio says it. He says nothing controversial. Nothing, yeah. If you were to pull players, probably 99% of them would say, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. So it's obvious. How does something like this happen in good faith – with with the NFL, you would think the NFLPA would be furious over this, and that all the players would be too. Yeah, I agree. And you know, unfortunately, when they're when the teams are in training camp and the players are in training camp, these are conversations that are happening behind the scenes. But 
I mean, those guys have a full plate. Uh, and, and right now it's just about keeping the blinders on and moving forward. But, yeah, absolutely. I would think with everything that's going on, you know, my God, I mean, what a bad break for Nick Harris. I mean, I know that guy was working his tail off. And for him to uh, – for the team to lose him, you know, on, on that play as early as it happened. And when you have a guy that would be able to seamlessly enter the, the locker room, the players love him. He knows the playbook. He's a veteran. He's a talented player. He still has a lot left in the tank. I just don't see why and, and how it doesn't happen. Is there any chance, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't think so, but is there any chance J.C. wouldn't want to come back because the Browns cut him? You know, I, I would think that J.C.'s a guy that is smart. Uh, he knows that, you know, unless it, would, it was an ego thing that would get in the way or, or just out of spite. But, but how can you leave that money on the table when you know that your services are needed? And if anything, I would think that J.C. would want to go in there and do the terrific job that we all know that he's done and, and he would be able to do it just to kind of stick it to everybody and say, hey, listen, you know, you made a mistake by letting me walk. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. I know Nick Harris was a, a drafted player and you want to see your young guys in there. Sure. But but J.C. Treader, like I said, he still has a lot in the tank. And I think that uh, he would be able to come in and just it, it, like it never happened. Just let's hey, let's move forward. It was a business decision. Let's all acknowledge that and, and move forward. You know, John, when you talk about Bill Callahan, right, um, what he's able to do up front, uh, are the Browns more concerned um, with just getting somebody in here uh, and filling this position, or do they think uh, Bill Callahan could coach up one of the guys that's behind him um, to, to get to a level where he's respectable or, or not that be much below uh, J.C. Treader and his talent? Yeah, that's a great question, and, you know, Coaches like the, the the Phil Jackson of offensive line minds. I mean, he's the Zen master of offensive lines. I remember I, I never had a chance to play for him, but I remember watching his drills and other other coaches, the, the level of respect that they have uh, for Coach Callahan and, and his drills and mindset and, and uh, uh, methodology. But, you know, getting back to your question, I think th that is the goal. That That is, you know, probably the plan right now, and they're discussing that behind the scenes, you know, with the guys that we have on this roster, are we going to be able to kind of slap the the patch? What's the what's the guy on the commercial that slaps the patch? Flex seal yeah, right. on the link and see if we can <laughs> we can maneuver this. Uh, I think that's a that's a uh, you know a conversation that's happening. But that center position is important, and it's one that kind of you know you don't really realize how big of an issue it is until you have a problem there. Uh, because in, in pass protection, the center's you know he's not one on one a lot. Um, he's always in combination with one of the guards, and you just need a competent person in there that can make the calls, get everybody lined up, because the Browns have talent across the board surrounding that center position. So you, you can't take too many steps back or it's going to be uh, a, a glaring deficiency. You're going to see teams starting to line up their their you know number one pass rushers and try to try to scheme things around where you can get everybody working out and you can isolate that center. So if a, if a team smells blood in the water and they see a weakness at that position, they're going to try to explore it. So you have to take it serious and uh, consider all your options. John, it's the whole butterfly effect. We were talking about this before you came on and the fact that the only reason Nick Harris is out there is because they're trying to get Deshaun some reps and snaps before he's eliminated and, and suspended. So now you have to play your first string offensive line and now this happens. So it's all, and I'm not necessarily blaming Kevin Stefanski. I'm just saying this is the butterfly effect of, of the Deshaun situation. Now you've lost your starting center. And the Eagles are coming into town. That's just a long-winded way for me to get to this. The Eagles are coming into town this week, and it's a, it's, a, it's a controlled environment is what teams keep calling it. Why is this so beneficial, and why is this better than a preseason game 
when you have joint practices, you have two teams on the field, they're competitive and they're going at it. What makes this more of a controlled environment than, uh, than a random preseason game? Does that make sense? Do you understand where I'm going with it? I do, absolutely. And I hope, hopefully, hopefully I answer it the way um, that you're looking for. You know, in my experiences with these joint practices, when they first started and when I was first involved with them, it was like a, a war zone. There was no control. It was guys were getting hurt. There were fights. It, it just turned into something that was, you know, counterproductive. It was, it was, you were losing ground. Guys were getting injured, fights, like I said. So then that's kind of that buzzword, controlled environment. And, and you wanted to get that quality work in, which I think is, is great because in every experience that I've had, really after the first couple of years, it was controlled. You were starting to be smart about it. It was like, hey, look, we're not out here to try to win the Super Bowl today. Let's get quality work against someone that isn't wearing our same helmet. And, and I think it's great. You can break down into the individual drills and get good work done and everybody's happy. You know, no one's trying to finish each other. You're going to have a few rotten apples in there that are trying to do too much. But for the most part, it was just guys trying to look out for one another, get the quality work in and move forward without you know taking a setback and getting getting anyone injured. But I, I like them. I think the players are starting to like them a little bit more because you get to see that competition with someone that isn't wearing your same helmet, your same jersey. And it gets a little bit of bragging rights, but great competition because the, the preseason game is kind of buttoned up. You're trying to see, you're trying to evaluate your roster, but in those joint practices, you do get a sense and get a chance to see good on good. You're going to see the starting guard to go against their starting defensive tackle, your starting receiver get reps against their starting corner. So it's, it's you know, you're not going to be taking these huge hits. The quarterback's not going to be getting hit, but it gives you a chance to get kind of that one-on-one -on -one matchup at full speed or as close as you can to replicate that in the week without having to worry about all the other variables uh, with a preseason game. John, I was I, I watched the first episode. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the first episode of Hard Knocks with the Lions? Did you happen to watch it? I did, yes. Okay. So obviously Dan Campbell is a player's coach. Like he's he's he, he seems like he's still a player. And I'm curious because like I remember uh, Dustin Fox, my my former radio partner, telling me like when he played with Mike Tice in Minnesota, Mike Tice was the same kind of coach, and he felt like maybe he was too close with the players, and, and, and maybe there was a level of like, oh, he's my buddy, not a coach. Is it an individual thing? Like, did you prefer to have a coach who was more like a traditional coach, or did you like the player's coach, or is it really an individual guy thing? I think it's a, an, on an individual case basis. I, I like the players coaches in, in particular, if you had a, a coach that actually played, yeah. um, you know, they, they just, you have a more intimate knowledge of, of being in those shoes. So I think, I don't want to say they took care of you more. Like it may, I don't want to make it sound like it was easier on the players, but I just think that there was more things taken into consideration that they were more pro player friendly. Um, you, you never wanted to get the sense that, Hey, this is my buddy because it, it is your coach and it right. is uh, someone that's in a leadership role and you have to have. I don't know. He's, he's thinking, uh, he's, he's, he just paused to think yeah. for a second. Um, I'm sure he'll be right back. Did we get him? Uh, if, when we get him back, the one thing that I would love to hear him talk about is how much he would love to block for this group of running backs. Because we know Absolutely. what Chubb and Hunt can do. Yeah. We also know what Johnson can do. Yeah. We learned that Jerome Ford huh. – and, guys, I, I know I say I don't put too much into the preseason because yeah. it's who you're playing against. I was just watching him as a player, his footwork – 
his speed, his vision, his ability to sacrifice his body to make the touchdown catch, his vision, his instincts. Yeah. Guys, if you're going to give a five star for a preseason game, Ford gets it. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, he, he was impressive. Yeah. But I, I want to get carried I, away. But I, was, I think in preseason running backs translate. Well, John's back. We got mine, John back. Mine, uh, excuse me, momentary lapse in internet connection. Yeah, but John's action. back. John, I, I don't know if you heard it, but I would lo- love to hear you talk about how much you would enjoy blocking for this group of running backs because we know what Chubb and Hunt can do. But I, my biggest takeaway from Friday night was your dynamic in that room can change dramatically and it can change quicker than, than I had originally thought. Because I know Ford is looked at as a guy, Jerome Ford is looked at as a guy who will replace Hunt or, you know, at least be, be a, a nice addition to that, uh, that running back room. What did you take of his performance and how much would you love blocking for this group of backs? Man, that's, that's a great question. That's one that I get often. And I'm like, man, I wish that I was in that room uh, blocking for these guys. And, you know, it, it, look, it's a good problem if you're a Browns fan and if you're in that locker room. It, it, you know, you, you don't want to hear anybody complain about having too much talent in one room. And that's what makes things uh, like miserable for these, you know, the scouts and the, and the front office. And when they have to make these roster cuts and these moves, you know, wh- what are they going to do? But that just shows you the the level of coaching, the leather, level of work ethic, the level of skill that's in that room. And and look, it's it's an orchestra out there, guys. And the way they work with the offensive line, with the tight ends and blocking, the scheme, and the way they execute. And, and when you see what, what impresses me the most about, especially these young running backs, their ability to turn maybe a two- to three-yard gain into four, five, and six mm. and just stretch those extra yards out, I think that's what makes Kareem Hunt so dangerous. I think that's obviously Nick Chubb is a gifted athlete, but those guys never go down on the first hit. They're always falling forward. And that's what, you know, we always talk about this division, how it's, you know, you got to earn your stripes. You gotta, it's black and blue. It's a physical game. That's how these guys are so successful late in the game and closing out games because they're falling forward. They're leaning on you. They're wearing you out. And then it shows up in the fourth quarter for those big time runs. But the young running backs, I was extremely impressed that when, when they get the ball in their hands, they, they have great vision. They, they Most importantly, they follow the scheme. They're hitting the right holes. They're, they're reading the defense, and they're following their blockers. And, and it's something to get excited about if you're a Browns fan. Yeah, I love Ford. Go ahead, McNuggets. Hey, John, appreciate you joining us. Also, it's our second sports coat in UCSS history. So, John, thank <laughs> yeah. you for getting dressed up Very for us dressed today. up. Wearing it well, too. Yeah, it looks good. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I'm at, I'm at work right now. I'm at the office, so this is kind of my day-to-day thing. Um, but uh, – you know, I, I like appreciate that. So if you have me again, you'll be seeing me at it again. Nice. Well, I do have a real question, though, John. We talk about these joint practices. And, Steve, let's take tag board real quick. The Eagles are coming to town this week. I'm not sure if you saw this clip, but this was Jordan Davis, their rookie, pushing an offensive lineman back, no joke, 17 yards in practice last week. If you had to block a guy like this who's 6'6", 340 pounds, a freak, what do you do? How do you even attempt to slow this guy down? He is coming to Cleveland this week. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, right off the bat, if I was doing this drill in front of my fans, I would hope that the coach would have a quick whistle and get me out of it. Um, <laughs> God. He, he is obviously a big, big man. And, you know, this, uh, you know, we can argue this drill until we're blue in the face because you'll have both sides of the aisle 
uh, explaining why it's beneficial and who's at the advantage and who doesn't. But I, I thought the center did a pretty good job. And I mean, you know, he's holding on to his rear end, obviously, for the tail end of that uh, that clip. But Jordan Davis is a big, big man. And, and when he figures out his leverage and he figures out this game and how to get his hands right, he's going to be a serious, serious issue for opposing offensive linemen. Greco, Greco, what you got to do, you got to give him that high helmet and then go ahead and cut him up. You get There you go. Now, when that hat exactly. disappears, that's how you got to get to Mr. Davis. But other than that, you're in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're, you're going you're to see a lot of guys on skates when he's bull rushing. But, you know, I've seen some of the best guys when they get that, that bull rush. Now, he, you know, Jordan's upright. He, you know, some of the times you see them duck their head. And we called it kind of a, a quick Olay where the center would grab and just kind of tug the guy. And you would see him, his, his helmet would go right into the dirt and, and embarrass him. But it's kind of tough to do that when you have a man that big standing straight up and he's just outpowering you. John, I'm curious your take on, you know, obviously there's been so much talked about the off the field stuff with Deshaun Watson. But the reality is once you get on the field, my assumption is someone who never played in the NFL uh, is that play. I, I don't even want to say players don't care. It's just maybe that it doesn't matter when you're playing. It doesn't mean you have to love Deshaun Watson, but if he's your teammate, you're going to war with him. That's it. Is that like, uh, do you think there's guys, if you had to guess, do you think there's guys in that locker room who are like, I wish he wasn't on this team? Or do you think everybody's like, this guy's a great quarterback. I can't wait till he plays because we're going to kick some ass. I don't think there's anyone that says they. Well, hey, while we're waiting for John. Ah, locked him up again. And right, you know right, right questions. Right, 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 right. It was a good question, too. And this is not VMix. This is just John's. Yeah, it yeah. happens. But while we're waiting for John to get back, and no big deal, he'll be back in one sec. I want to tell you guys about Built Bar real quick. Have you guys had Built Bars? No. Are, are they the Power Bars? Yeah, little Power Bars. Yeah, I think you, I've had one. If you haven't, you're depriving yourself of one of life's <laughs> greatest joys. They got a couple new flavors. Cookie dough chunk puffs. Light, chewy texture. Real cookie dough. And of course, they're covered in 100% chocolate. Is this a new sponsor? It's yeah. a locked on sponsor combo <laughs> thing with us that nice. we have to read a couple times a week. So, right. yeah, we're going to get some built bars in here. I haven't tried them yet, but we are going to get some built bars in here. We'll make sure we share them all with I've you. Had, I've had one, and if, if, if it's the same bar that I'm thinking of, it was actually pretty good. If they're going to sponsor, I like them. Yeah, so <laughs> if you, uh, you get a chance, go to built.com, use promo code lockdown15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo we'll wear code lockdown15. Yeah. Bull to your question. Yeah. I really wonder. And John's back, by the way, so we can bring Oh, yeah. good. So we can answer the question. So I want, John, I want you to answer Bull's question, but I want to add a little bit of a twist to it. How many of the guys in the locker room have to hear from their wives about, I can't <laughs> believe they have this guy because they were friends with Emily Mayfield, and now the Mayfields are gone? Like, that's a real part of this. Am I crazy? No, no, you're absolutely right about that. Um, yeah, as long as I, I think, as long as you're, you're using team sponsored and approved, uh, massage therapists, I think you're okay. You're in clear with the wives. Um, but yeah, that, that is, a, that is a, a topic of discussion. The, the network, the, the ladies' network, it, it is strong because while the players are at work, the ladies are either home with managing the day to day things at the house or raising the family or they have their own careers. So that is something that you don't want to be yelled at all day during. Uh, at meetings and practice for missing your block, and then you come home and uh, you have to face your other coach. <laughs> Go ahead and answer Bulls. No, but you th you don't think the players <coughs> like the players are? They want to win, so they're happy. They're probably happy to have him here. No, 
Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. sorry about the uh, connection. Yeah, here. But I, I, absolutely. I, I don't think there's anybody in the locker room that says, oh my gosh, I wish he wasn't here. I think that you're seeing more of like, let's just come to a resolution and get some clarity and, right. and some closure. Because Deshaun Watson is a talented, talented player. Everybody knows that. Did, did he look a little bit rusty out there? Did the offense kind of sputter to start? Absolutely. But it's a preseason game and uh, you have some time to iron that out. But I think everybody is just like, hey, you know, we, we just want some answers. We want to know what's ahead of us. Is he going to be in there in week one, week seven, week 10 next year? Let's just get some answers. That way we can uh, prepare and, and move forward. So, I, yeah, to answer your question, I don't think there's anybody in the locker room that says, we don't want this guy on our team. They may have agree or disagree with uh, some of his actions or alleged actions, um, but but everybody wants that guy on his team because they know that he can help them win. Right. You know, John, let's drill down on that a little bit. When you talk about the locker room, there's a there's a perception of um, that when you're in the locker room and somebody is asking you questions about another person um, and they always talked about the distraction feature, right? You know, is he going to be a distraction to the team? Um, how much is that really a thing? Like sometimes, if you know, you play offensive line and there's defensive line, right? Sometimes you don't even see those guys. You don't even you see them like once or twice during the practice and don't really see them. How much is that really a distraction when you have to answer questions about another person, or is it just a cliche? Or how much does that affect you? He's really thinking about yeah, this he one. Thinks, he, he, he is deep in thought there. He's yeah, deep he, in thought on the yeah. question and on Built Bars, our new best friends. Yeah, exactly. But John's back. John's back. So he's, he's a quick a quick freeze. There he is. Did you hear the question, yeah. John? Yeah, I did. I did. You know, for me, it was only a distraction if you let it be a, a distraction. And everything to me outside of that building was just outside noise. And, and it didn't matter what was being asked. I knew how to field those questions. I knew to, how to just kind of deflect and say, hey, you know, yeah, that's something that's a private matter between this player and and, and, and this, you know, whatever uh, was going on. And that's on them. It's my job to block and prevent Jordan Davis from bull rushing me 20 yards back. Uh, <laughs> these are things that they were private matters and they'll sort themselves out. I'm here to play and, and, and right. to be, you know, the best I can be for this team. And I think that's what the common theme is. And, and look, the, the, P, the PR people have been coaching these guys up behind the scenes, trust me, since Deshaun was signed. So this is a matter that, yeah, it's, it's annoying if they answer the questions about it, if you're in the locker room and, you know, you just got off a field and you're sweaty. But these guys know the deal. They know it's a part of the game, and they just have to move forward. John, you mentioned the PR people and guys getting coached up on answers and what to say when reporters go to certain areas. Um, one of the things that we're scheduled to talk about here um, in the next couple of minutes, so I, I might as well bring it up with you before we, uh, before we let you go. I want to get your reaction to Deshaun's apology in the interview with Aditi on the pregame show ahead of Friday's game. What did you make of it? Were you surprised by it? Grade the, the, the comments on a 1 to 10. I, I, you know, respectfully, I'm not going to uh, grade their apology. Um, I, I was surprised to answer your one question. I was surprised that that, uh, that he did that, especially in that time. But I, I just think, you know, everybody, this is just my opinion. I just think that everybody's trying to move on. 
and and Deshaun chose to make that apology, whether that was you know his his attorneys or his his staff, his people trying to encourage him to do that, or if he just wanted to genuinely say that and apologize and, and just to try to move forward a little bit and and whether he chose the right words or did it the right way uh, you know that's on him I, and it, it's not for me to analyze it but I think he's trying to just put an apology out there show that everybody's trying to you know put together as much good faith as they can because they, they just want I'll go back to it they just want closure they just want answers they want to know when is this guy going to be able to suit up for real and go out there on Sundays? So I think that was just a a step toward, you know, trying to get to a conclusion about this whole thing. All right. Former Browns offensive lineman, John Greco, joining us on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports. So, John, thank you very much. The, the, keep wearing the blazer, bro. It works. It looks great. It's a good look. It looks great. It's your thing whenever you're on the show. John, thanks, man. We appreciate you. Guys, thank you. Send me some of those sponsored t-shirts and I'll wear them under the jacket. There you go. go. Love it. All right. Uh, guys, Thanks, let's, guys, let's let's pivot right to the apology yeah. because I think the big surprise for me was that he he threw it out there. Remember, there's still one there's still one civil case that is pending that has not been settled, and you would think that Busby is going to really sink his teeth into a public apology. Oh, that's going to get settled. So it likely <laughs> is, and yeah. they know it. But I think the number just went up. Yeah, I, I think I, whatever yeah. that settlement number is probably went up. Because you're apologizing for something, for the, for the, and this is a huge departure. This is the first time, really, that we've seen Deshaun show any remorse. And remember, in the commissioner's comments last week, he said, and, and Sue L. Robinson felt like right. that there was no remorse on right. his behalf. So this is a complete pivot midway through or late in the game. What did you guys make of it? Jason, you could start. It, it was incredibly, it, it felt structured. It felt scripted. Uh, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, let's just call it what it is. And I think Aditi handled it well. Like, you know, Aditi's in a really tough She's spot there. She's in a tough there. spot. Yeah. Very She's in tough a really spot. tough spot. Because it did beg a follow. Sorry for what? And, and she's she's a journalist trying to be a journalist right. while wearing a Browns logo on her shirt. And let's very just, tough spot. Let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room when the Browns are cashing your check, when they're signing your check. Yeah, it really puts you in a difficult position in terms of what you can ask, how you can ask it. It was yeah. only three questions. I've been in that room, by the yeah, way, yeah. as that person. It's tough. And she's working for the Browns at that yeah, point. The, yeah, the temperature in the room is very apparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. She, she's not going to drill down and say, "What exactly are you sorry for, Deshaun?" Right. right. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't do that. And she handled it like you – I think she handled it as well as she could have. Right. She's a complete professional. I, 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 it, was, it was somewhat cringeworthy. I felt bad for her. Yes. Because I know she's doing the math in her head. She, there were follows that were coming to her. Oh, of course. And yeah. she had to slam on the brakes. And, and I, yeah. But I thought she handled it very, very well. This, the whole thing, though, felt to me like – this is his Hail Mary to try and get on the field this year. Yeah, yep. Because his agent comes out. Well, I shouldn't say his agent. But there, there's a report last week that uh, through the Associated Press that he's willing to take eight games. Right. Okay. So that is like negotiating publicly, trying to see what we can get here. Now this apology, this, this half apology, somewhat it remorse. It's, it's like him trying to salvage the back end of this season. I don't think it's going to work. I think we're probably not going to see Deshaun again until 2023. But this was his attempt. This felt to me like this was his attempt to try and get on the field at some point this season yeah. and saying, okay, I'll do whatever you guys need me to do. I'll say whatever I have to say. I got to try and get on the field. Did you guys year. see it the same way? It's Catch-22. It's catch we talked about this before. Um, I've always told people, it don't matter what he do. <laughs> like, it don't matter if he pay him off. 
It don't matter if he say he's innocent. It don't really matter if he give a statement and say he's sorry. There are going to be factions of people that don't really care about none of that. He's going to be what they say he's going to be, period. At the end of the day, he can issue the, the apology and the statement, but I'm not in I'm not in the business of, of guessing how how contrite you are about that. Once you get into how contrite you are, how who who made you say it, right? I think it is one of those things where and did it I th- feel did it feel forced to you? I, I think they told him this is how we gonna move. See, right. here's the thing when you when you dealing with dealing with time and when you dealing with a legal system and you dealing with civil cases they ain't even settled. He had to say what he gonna say. No, no lawyer is gonna let you come out and say, "Hey, you know what, G. Bush? I know you're in trial for murder." And I said, "Well, I'm remorseful for the family because I, I never really meant for them to be in this situation." They gonna say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't. What you remorseful for? You they gonna take that and use that? What you mean?" So in a situation now, remember before it was the counseling, right? He said, would you think about going to counseling and a mission is saying you going to counseling means you got a problem right. before you sign 24 cases. So this all played out the way it was going to play out. I think the league, I think the, the Browns, I think Deshaun Watson said, okay, this is my attempt to put it past me. Continue to keep moving. Did he look the, desperate in your eyes? Did, did the whole apology? Well, I mean, because there was the eight game thing that came out earlier in the week and then the apology when you put all that together, does it seem to you like he's a desperate man what, what? knowing what the league wants or at least what the commissioner wants and he's trying to do whatever he can what, what, what? to save his season? A- anytime you're a black man and you're against the, the eight ball, you always desperate. You live desperate. Desperation is in your bones. What are you talking about? He already went through two grand juries, right? That means your freedom is gone. He, they talk about indefinite suspension. Like, I can't never play again. I don't know when the next time I'm going to get opportunity to play. Right. Hell yeah, he desperate. He like, yo, this is my life we talking about. My reputation, my family, all of that begs for desperation and any person in that level, whether you white, black, red, whatever, you will be desperate to do what you can do to in order to give your life back and try to at least get back to some sort of normalcy. Well, guys, you know, yes, did he seem did he not seem genuine to me without knowing for sure he did he he did not seem genuine. However, is it possible he just seemed not genuine because he was nervous or uncomfortable or people wanted him to do it? And maybe he did feel some remorse, but didn't feel comfortable expressing it. I don't know. Right. But here's, what, here's what, what I'm frustrated about with this whole situation. Much like everything else in this country, it's, it's very polarized and everybody's taking their camp. You're, I'm supporting Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Watson's the worst person on earth. That, and that's where we, we go. And I think that's wrong. I think both sides are wrong. Uh, I'm in the middle. I don't, I don't believe Deshaun Watson is innocent. I don't believe he's done nothing wrong here. Right. I think it's silly to believe he did nothing wrong. I think it's also unfair. We, I, I feel like we've gotten to a point in our society where if somebody does anything inappropriate with a woman, that they, they are all looked at with a, equally. Sure. From... From touching a woman's hair to rape, it's all just put in the same category, and yeah. that's it. And that's absurd. Uh, Matt Damon, a year ago or two years ago, made a comment similar to what I just said, yeah. and he got crushed. Killed for it. He got crushed. Temporarily canceled. I am not saying that Deshaun Watson is innocent. He clear based on what I know. Again, I I don't know all the facts. Right. Based on the information I have, it seems pretty obvious that he crossed the line with at least one woman, if not more, and was inappropriate. Right. I also don't, I, I also think it's pretty clear he didn't rape anybody. 
He didn't force anybody to do anything. And it's pretty clear that he had there's some people who yeah. had consensual sex with him. Yeah, people. Yes, people had some yeah. sexual, consensual sex with him, and he didn't hit anybody. Okay, and I think that's important to note because I think the way he's been painted by one side is that he's the worst guy ever, and the way he's being pointed, painted by the other side is he's completely been railroaded. I, and okay none of with, those things are true. Are you okay most with likely. the word predatory? Because that, to me, the word that I don't jumped even like out that from word. Sue L. Robinson, yeah. no. predatory to me, has such a negative connotation. And it sounds like he that there was prey involved and he was targeting these women. And I don't even, there's probably levels to predatory. But the word predator to me, and obviously we're talking about sex, so now you put those two words together yeah. and you can see why Roger Goodell pulled that word out specifically and said he his behavior was predatorial. But we've been pulling them type words out. We 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 get we real good with catchphrases, right? Yeah. Those catchphrases are are little things that they throw on you like, "Hey, are you are you know, I'm not saying you're lazy, but are you the first thing guy first guy in last guy out?" Those words have connotations that follow people. When you say predatory, and I, like I said with Adam Bull was correct. At some point in time, you got to ask a woman who was a grown individual, did you make a bad decision? Because there's other people, there are people that have reached back out to Deshaun Watson yeah. after the first time the encounter multiple, happened. Right. Multiple, multiple times. Yeah. So at what point are we going to stop saying either women are going to be equals or or women are going to the thought process? They're going to be. They don't have a thought process. They they're below. Yes, they, and you I are agree. Grown. But also. <laughs> He, here's the thing. He crossed the line by whipping it out, if yes. you know what I mean, right? And some of the women were okay with it, and some of the women did not want it, and they were really bothered by there it. And go. I don't blame them. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame them. But right. I don't think the guy should be banned for life no, but do for you, that. So, I think everybody's kind of in your camp. Yeah. I think everybody looks at it and says, but I don't think so, Jack. I think there's people fault. that... Yeah. Well, well, we're hearing from the vocal minorities True, on both ways. Yeah, and yeah. that's the way. Right. And sometimes that yeah. moves the pendulum with public yes. perception, and it shouldn't. But, it should, but that's the way right. it is. That's yeah. just the way the system works. But I'm wondering to you, okay, yeah. you're saying he whipped it out, and everybody seems to be have come to that agreement that, yeah, this, this was definitely going on. Sue Robinson says she believes that's what happened. Right. Is that predatory behavior in that setting with multiple women doing that does that, in your mind, qualify predatory behavior? I would behavior? call it more, I mean, maybe... It's certainly just, aggressive behavior. I would say it's inappropriate behavior more yeah. than predatory. If you are, I, I would say that's fair. Yeah. If you are looking on any dating app, if you're using massages in order to try to hook up with people, that is not a good look. And, and that's what he was doing. Some of the individuals were excited. Okay, cool, let's do it. Some of them weren't. At the end of the day, when you do that in a place of business, that is misconduct at the end of the day. However, we are going to have to stop saying like he, he forcefully raped people. That never happened. No. And so one of the things that we got to be very crystal clear on is your messaging. At the end of the day, you can, you, I, I don't got no problem with nobody saying what he did was incorrect or wrong. But one thing that we got to stop conflating is, oh, I had consensual sex with somebody in a place of business or I forcefully raped that person. And those two things are night and day. I think what Ben Roethlis, you know, people make a big thing of the number. And yeah, he was inappropriate with some of those women, maybe all of those women, right? Um, but what Ben Roethlisberger was accused of is much more serious, even though it's less women than what Deshaun Watson is accused of. And, and I... I 
I don't know. And again, when I make this argument, I feel like some people can say, oh, you, you're just giving him a pass. I'm not giving him a pass. I think he should be suspended. I just think, I, I think a full season or indefinite is too much. Well, let's talk about that. You yeah. said you believe that it's going to be the, we won't see him for the rest of the I, year. I think he's done for the year. Um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, guys, and I know I said last week that I, I believe that there was no way he would step on the field and that the league would make some sort of indefinite suspension announcement before 5 o'clock on Friday. Didn't happen. Yeah. He was able to play. Um, today's Monday. Suell Robinson's decision came on a Monday. A lot of things like this happen uh, at the beginning of the week or the end of the week. Um, and there are a lot of folks that think it's way beyond time and we need to get wherever it's, we're going, we need to get there. Yes. Um, does anybody have a hunch that today is the day? Am I the only one who's thinking like we should be on extra high alert here? What, where are we? You guys were both at Brown's camp this weekend, right? I mean, is there any buzz about it at all? I had none. In terms of a decision, I think yeah. I think we're gonna just like with with the Judge Robinson decision. There were sort of trickles that it was going to come on the state. I yeah. don't think it's just gonna be bam. I think we're gonna get the hints and the trickles and the lead up of. So I don't think it's gonna be today because I think we'd know by now if right. it was gonna be today. I could be wrong on that, uh, but I, I think that we're gonna have some sort of feeling of it's going to be tomorrow, it's going to be Wednesday, it's going to be it's ahead of time. You do. I, I just think we're going so to have be it. some prior notice. I'll be, I'll be just trying to, I, to be honest with you, I, I, at some point in time, that this is the, the fatigue that you get, right? The fatigue that Deshaun Watson gets when he makes a statement is, look, man, get, even our, our, our judicial system has, yo, a right to a speedy <coughs> trial. I'm not going to be sitting here for two years Doing everything and doing all these gymnastics that you want me to do. If you're going, if you're going to say it's eight games, give me the eight. If it's six, give me the six and keep it moving. But this, 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 this perp walk that we're doing, that's continuously moving, assassinating this character, is like okay, league. You have all the information that you need. Right. The woman said six games. You obviously want a year. What do you have to think about? Well, give them what in, you're fa- give them. in fairness. Peter Harvey just got the case. So I think, and I sort of thought of this camp too of, well, he's just going to come over the top and give Roger whatever Roger wants, and we're going to have it like that. But Peter Harvey, either they're trying to make it look like he's doing his due diligence (laughs) or he's doing his due diligence. But Sue Robinson had all the information for how long? Before she ruled, what was it? A week, two weeks, three what, weeks? Four months. Yeah. Well, that's why. I'm, but that's why. Yeah. No, from the time where like the the fi- the final the papers were oh, filed, yeah, I think it was three weeks. Was July 11th. Yeah. So from the time Extended of the, the 12th, I believe, of the final papers filed to her until she rendered a decision was multiple weeks. Yes, yeah. you're mm-hmm. right. So Peter Harvey just got this not yeah. that long ago. So I, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that it's been. I mean, you know, trials can go on for months. I think this is expedited, right? They said it's expired procedure. Supposed to be. Uh, my thought process in the thing is like, hey, yeah, Peter C. Harvey is getting the case. We all believe in that Peter C. Harvey is really looking at this. He really doing due diligence. He going over. He really doing. He knows well, what Roger told I mean, him to do. It's unfair to impugn his. It, it's it's, un- it's his it, name that's going to be on this. It's unfair to imply that that he's not. We have no reason. I mean, look, you can, you can it's okay to be suspicious, but you how, do you know Peter C. Harvey? Hey, hey, I know what Sue Robinson just got done to her. <laughs> I know what that process looked like. No, 25 I years. We're going to take what she listens. He, he picks out three words. So when words. Peter C. Harvey comes back tomorrow and says six games, now he's cool. Oh, that's not happening. But, but, but what, if, what, what if it happens? I, I, if, are you convinced he's going to be suspended for the year? 
I'm convinced. I'm, I'm convinced it's going I'm to be either. more than six games. It's going I'm, to be more. Yeah, well, I'm convinced games, of that. Yeah. yeah, is that I, the bare I minimum? Think, I, I said this Friday. I think the perfect decision, in my mind, is one that neither side is happy with, but both sides can live with. And at this point, that would be 12 it, games. It, it would be somewhere between 12. six and 17. Fool, yeah. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me again. Well, you can't fool me again. In yeah. the words of George W. Bush. So you're <laughs> saying you, you so you're not giving Peter C. Harvey the benefit of the doubt. Oh, no. Just because he's the oh, NFL's no. guy. Yeah. They thought you was gonna walk him out here, and we like there's like hold on. So we 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 had the woman first. So the woman is like he she's doing it for the women, right? And then now we got the black guy. We get the minority guy. Bring him out here so we can run that interference. So they got to give him a shot, right? Because he's on a diversity unit. He's doing all. No, 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 no. We already know. What you told him, y'all want it done. Now all you got to do is do it in two weeks. Just we don't got to have the whole charade, right? We can just get to it. But this is still his name that's going on this, and and yeah. I do believe he will probably carry out what Roger wants. But I think he needs to review all the facts first and make. And he knows history is going to have his name next to you aren't kidding Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. It's not Roger Goodell's name. That's Peter Harvey's name. I and I think he takes that part of it. I don't know. I'm going to never have one conversation with him. If it were me, I would take that part very seriously. And I, I, my gosh, G. Bush, I hope you're wrong. I, I, I respect your opinion, but I certainly hope you're wrong because if it is, if, if this is truly this charade and everybody's playing out the part that Roger Goodell is the lead director of, and I know that it looks that way already with the six games being <laughs> yes. overturned, yeah. but this is a new person with his own reputation and it, I would say no to Roger Goodell. Like if he asked me, I would. My conversation with Roger would be this: Am I? Do you really want my opinion? Do you want my decision? Because I'm not going to rubber stamp yours. And Peter C. Harvey is a man of of integrity. We don't have no reason to believe that Peter and, C. Harvey is on the take, and probably a man of wealth as well. So, like, and he's well, where he's at because of Roger Goodell. Let's well, be clear. But why would he do? The only thing I, the only thing I would say, like my first reaction is the same as yours, and I still mostly feel that way. But I would say to, to Jay's point, like, wouldn't he just turn it down if he was going to be a rubber I fan? would. I well, would. Jessica Robinson could have turned it down if she knew she was going to have to carry water. But she for them. wasn't a rubber stamp. I mean, they turned. She she, she didn't do what she the league wanted to a long time ago. She yeah. wasn't dropped into this case, and yeah. she, she did was, not do what the league wanted. Uh, well, we know that now. Here, yeah. Well, here's the thing. She gave a six game suspension, right? Right. So they had the level of respect that they say they had, and they thought that she had her judicial. Uh, uh, reasoning was solid, and the reason why both teams and both sides picked her. Why in God's green earth would you have a woman who's heard all the information yeah. give you what she thought, and you turn around and say, well, we're going to take a couple I, words and then go move on the I opposite end of the spectrum. they did it because they're going to do what they want to do. basically found him guilty, essentially, but said there was no precedence for giving a longer suspension. And so, because well, maybe I'm just giving the league the benefit of the doubt, which I shouldn't. They probably would have... Re- Reversed it. No, you you were right. I mean, she yeah, said you're I, guilty. Yeah. She even she called it the, the, among the worst behavior that she's seen. Yeah. She said the league proved its entire case. Yes. Yeah. But and then she said, but you guys also have a jacked up system of yeah. handing out punishments. Right. So this is all I can do. Right. And so to me, Roger Roger gets what gets his way, or he or he extends the game. Right. Or he changes the, the rules. The player should never agree to this system. And in this case, I think what he's doing is he's saying, yeah, you're right. He's guilty. But no, you're wrong. We can give him more than six games. Right, right, right. And that's what he's looking for. We got Tim. 